0: Looks like football, baby. (laughs) What's up, guys? Welcome in to the Fantasy Football Smackdown. Back at it again on this Tuesday, August 16th. I'm your host, Kyle August. You can follow me on Twitter at KyleMonth8. I met any of you guys over at the Fantasy Football Expo this weekend, it was excellent time as always. Uh, it was great to meet some people for the first time, reconnect with some buddies. And if you're following me on Twitter, uh, I'm on a podcast that recorded Monday night uh, with my buddy John McGlynn, just talking about the Expo and, and kind of uh, detailing how our weekend went in Canton, Ohio. So it was a ton of fun. If you want more info on that, check that out. And I highly recommend it in the future. Uh, if you guys just really want to just be surrounded by a bunch of people who love fantasy football. In, our, in it as into it as much as you are. But what are we talking about today on the SmackDown? It's wide receiver week, and if you missed the last couple of weeks, SmackDown ramps back up, uh, getting you set for redraft season. And we talked quarterbacks about uh, two weeks ago uh, on a Thursday. Last week was running back week. Went through my running back tiers for 2022 PPR rankings. And then on Thursday, we covered some of the targets, some guys I'm looking to avoid, some running back strategy, some late round guys that I like. So if you missed the running back shows, go back and check that out. I know I have a bunch of drafts coming up starting this weekend. I'm sure you guys have them as well as we eat inch closer and closer to the season. If you're looking for a breakdown of anything like that specific to preseason or whatever, it'll get sprinkled in on these shows, but not recapping any of those games or anything like that. So uh, just kind of run through my tiers for today. So I got 60 receivers ranked 10 tiers for you guys. So I'm gonna detail out, give you some uh Stats on some of these guys I like, and maybe some of them that I apparently don't like as much. Uh, I always do my rankings first, just to give you like a glimpse and in, uh, into my process. I always go through, try to do my rankings first, and see where they pan out. Take a look at some stats, see if they support or or maybe go against what my perception of a player was, or what his situation may be. And then bef- I do all of that before I go and listen or look at anything else. And the only reason I even look at other sources or things that I from people that I trust is just to make sure that, I am I way off here? What does the industry say in this? Where is the ADP likely to fall out? Where are the consensus rankings? And I'm never trying to fall into that consensus, right? I want to detail my rankings on my own. And a lot of times, because we're all so plugged in, right, is sometimes some of that bias kind of bleeds across everybody. Uh, and there are certain positions, like even the running backs last week, that, you know, you kind of knew who those top 12 to 15 guys are, you know, kind of across the board. And then that next set, you know, after that from, you know, kind of all the way through about 25 ish. Right. It's kind of the same players for a lot of for a lot of guys. However, uh, this year in the wide receiver rankings, it seemed way different. Uh, and I, I don't really go back and adjust my rankings. like, ah, I guess I'm too low. Like got to slide him up. Uh, I don't I would never recommend somebody do that. Right. I, you can look at it as a tool. And go back and adjust your rankings after additional research. But uh, other than that, when I see a guy that I'm way different on, I'm I might go back and give it a second look. But I'm not just going to adjust my my take on a guy. Um, one thing I would tell you guys this time of year is these preseason games do matter. See where these players are are playing, right? Where in games, right? How if they have a great stat line, does it really matter if they played with you know into the fourth quarter in game one? Probably not. But if that player ends up playing with a first team offense in week two and he didn't in week one, right, that's his, he's trending upwards. So, as far as when you're doing your rankings or getting set for your draft, that's just a few pointers and things that I like to do this time of year. So, let's just dive into it. Uh, again, 60 players ranked here, 10 tiers uh, at the wide receiver position. This is based off PPR scoring. And for me, tier one is a group of four wide receivers. Of course, at the top for me, and I say, of course. He's not a consensus from the few sources that I looked at and some of the guys that I trust in the industry, but I do have Cooper Cup at number one. He was almost four and a half points per game better than the wide receiver two last year. He led in every category, which was crazy, but it was his first thousand yard season. He had 16 touchdowns after just having 24 his first four years, but the big change was having Matthew Stafford there, and I mentioned it on the running back show. I do think that the regression is going to come with this Rams offense. To, with these running backs being more productive on the ground and hitting dirt more than just the 10 times that we saw in 2021, the Rams averaged almost 20 rushing touchdowns this season uh before Matthew Stafford got there just around 20 touchdowns this season with Sean McVay and Jared Goff. But with Stafford there, I think he'll probably settle back down somewhere in that 33 to 35 touchdown range. And Cooper cup will probably lose a few touchdowns because of that. But the amount, of, the amount that he was involved in the offense was just unbelievable. And there's not a lot of depth there in that wide receiver room. Uh, bringing in Allen Robinson is great, but OBJ's obviously, even if they bring him back, won't be much of an impact early on in the season. And Ben Jefferson's already banged up. So I think Cooper Cup is in line for a ton of targets. So I like him here at the top. Another guy that's in line for a ton of targets, of course, is Justin Jefferson, number two in my rankings and in this tier one. He's had 1,400 yards his first two seasons. We know that. Fourth in the NFL. Uh, or 1,400 or more, sorry, yards his first two seasons. He was fourth in the NFL with 167 targets last season. The splits were interesting with, Je- uh, with Justin Jefferson. And again, this is just having to get a little bit nitpicky here at the top. Why do I like Cup over Jefferson? Uh, for me, the target number Jeff that Jefferson had was, was great. But if you break it down to the with and without Adam Thielen, the first 11 weeks with Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson's target share was 24%. Adam Thielen had a 22% target share. Very solid numbers all the way around. And if you use the on-pace numbers for Jefferson in those first 11 weeks, he still would have been just over 150 targets, which is exactly what you're looking for out of a wide receiver, a high-end wide receiver. The last six games without Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson's target share was 36%, just freaking monstrous. Uh, so the end of the season was obviously great. Jefferson's been awesome since he got into the NFL. But I just think Thielen will, will be there. Uh, hopefully, Irv Smith will be on the field as well. And might get a little bit more action there to the tight end position. So, again, got to get Nick Picky at the top. Jefferson slots in at number two. Number three in my wide receiver rankings is Jamar Chase. And number four, wrapping up tier one, is Stefan Diggs. With Jamar Chase, unlike the first two guys, his target numbers were not gaudy 128. Uh, he ranked 17th in the league in targets, and he had monster games when Joe Burrow had monster games. We talked about that in the quarterback show. The two against baltimore one against kansas city hoping for that to even out just a little bit more which i think it will with burrow another year of experience chase heading into year two and chase is just such a monster even if he is a little bit boom bust uh i still think that that boom is unlike anything else you'll see in the league right now so i love jamar chase and obviously paired with a great young qb and then stefan diggs like i mentioned uh here wrapping up tier one he does have those gaudy target numbers Fifth last year in the league at a buck sixty-five. He had over a hundred yards uh, again, ten total touchdowns. Uh, his numbers, his catches went down, his yards went down, despite the touchdown production taking a slight bump. It was relatively the same targets the last two seasons for Stephon Diggs, so maybe it ends up somewhere in the middle. But I think when you look at Cup Jefferson Diggs, those guys are pretty much candidates to lead their lead the league in targets. Uh, so I think they belong here as obviously highly talented. Uh, wide receivers so cup jefferson chase Diggs is my tier one heading into year tier two i lead it off with cd lamb coming in at wide receiver five devontae adams keenan allen and mike evans at wide receiver eight again a lot of these rankings differ from kind of the consensus even early on i think that top four is pretty solidified but then from here you shake it up quite a bit cd lamb for me even as a cowboys fan i love cd lamb i think he's extremely talented but we've seen from this cowboys offense when he was paired with amari cooper is just they spread the ball around a lot even to the secondary options behind those top 2 wide receivers. Dallas was sixth in attempts last season and CD only had 120 targets. If you're taking CD Lamb at wide receiver 5 uh early second round or even late first, CD Lamb is somebody that needs to see a significant target increase. 18 and a half percent target share for CD Lamb is not good enough. Uh you need to see him in that 22 plus range. you would love to see him in that 25 or more. Uh, percent target so for me when you look at cd lamb you're banking on him uh taking that step forward in year three after two really s- solid seasons but not elite fantasy production there coming out of cd lamb so you're banking on that upside there i think the dallas will be throwing the ball quite a bit and lamb i mentioned uh the rams not having a lot of depth at at the pass catchers uh in their in their room lamb is very similar uh it's him Michael Gallup, who's injured, and then a lot of unproven guys. Schultz being there is one thing, but I think Lamb should be upwards of that 150 target range if he can hit it. If he does, he could be right there in that with those Tier 1 guys. Devontae Adams, my only concern here is the, the quarterback downgrade, right? Adams is extremely talented, but what we saw from Derek Carr last year, over 620 pass attempts, fifth in the league, that's awesome, but 23 touchdown uh, passes, not good enough. Carr only has one season with more than 28 passing touchdowns. So I think Adams needs to see Carr take that step. And hopefully Adams will help him take that step. But that's just my reservation there. Uh, if it was purely talent, he'd be right there with those other guys, but comes in at wide receiver six for me. Keenan Allen is just kind of the safe floor right here uh, that I I think he is just, again, too good, similar to to Adams, just too good to not put just fall into fancy production. Over 140 targets each of the past three seasons. His touchdown numbers are never high, so that always kind of holds him back. But being paired with Justin Herbert, who will probably throw the ball close to the most uh, attempts in the league, I think Keenan Allen at wide receiver seven uh, is just a solid, very safe play out of the guy who will finish as wide receiver one. And Mike Evans, he's kind of similar to that Jamar Chase range as far as not a lot of targets under 120 last season, but 27 touchdowns the last two seasons with Tom Brady. I will tell you that uh, we'll talk about strategy a little bit more in depth on uh, later on in the week on part two of this wide receiver show. But I'll tell you, man, this is a super top heavy, those first four guys. And while I think a few of these guys of the next four that were in my rankings here, is that I just don't see like a, I just think there was so much fall off at the position. When you look at some of the elite guys that we haven't even got to yet, like a Tyree killer, AJ Brown, changing situations is always tough. QB downgrades are also difficult to swallow sometimes when you're looking at these positions. And I think that, honestly, on a normal year, somebody like a Keenan Allen or Mike Evans for me would probably be four or five spots lower. But uh, I just don't know that we're going to have those elite star wide receivers that take over uh, for your fantasy team, right? These guys already feel like late round two plays when you talk about Keenan Allen or Mike Evans. Uh, but they're ranked inside my top eight at the position. So for me, maybe I'm just lower on the position this season, but we'll dive into strategy again later on in part two. Tier three is another handful of players here. DJ Moore, T. Higgins comes in at 10. Tyreek Hill, Deontay Johnson, and Debo Samuel. DJ Moore is the safest guy here for sure. That's why he's at the top of the board. 163 targets, a career high last season. He's been right between 1,100, 1,200 yards. Those touchdowns haven't been there. So he's kind of like very similar to that Keenan Allen range for me, but lesser of a, a lesser quarterback there with Baker Mayfield, but still really solid coming in at number nine. T Higgins actually had more catches per game than Jamar Chase, but he just doesn't have that, the explosiveness that we've seen out of Jamar Chase, but, but paired with Joe Burrow, I expect a big season out of T Higgins. He could be a low end wide receiver one uh, in Cincinnati. Tyree kill. It's just, how much do you believe in Tua? Can he take that step in year three? Just the 16 touchdowns and 12 games for Tua last season. Tyreek Hill is somebody that we've seen produce with a low target number. We've seen him obviously be given a high target volume in the past as well. And he's a, just a freak athlete, right? So I'm still going to keep him just on the fringe tier as far as like uh, wide receiver ones. I think he has that upside. But as far as season long, I think there's going to be some inconsistencies there. So you'll get some boom weeks and some disappointing weeks just based off the fact that Patrick Mahomes isn't his QV. You guys already know it. Deontay Johnson, quarterback downgrade again for him. Uh, I know Ben Roethlisberger was a shell, but what are we going to expect out of Mitch Trubisky and Pickett you know, for this season? Deontay Johnson, over 25% target share last year. Pittsburgh was fourth in attempts with over 660. I think that comes down a bit. So even if the target share stays the same, uh, I do think Deontay Johnson's numbers are going to take a little bit of a dip, but he should still be the short area target uh, that leads this team in receptions. So I still have him at wide receiver 12. And Debo Samuel, who I'm lower on than most, I just think it, I have a really, really hard time believing that they're going to give him the rushing volume that they did last season. Almost 85 fantasy points were just based off rushing production last year, including eight touchdowns. With the 49ers already throwing the ball uh, in the bottom five in the NFL, I mean, Debo's going to have to be uber efficient once again. Uh, he led the league. As far as wide receivers, that had at least 25 catches. He led the league in yards per reception, and that was with 70-plus catches. It was just crazy what Debo was doing last year. With an unproven Trey Lance, uh, that'll be kind of a theme for me in the 49ers. So I like Debo fine. Um, I've seen him ranked as high as like still five or six. But for me, he comes in at 13, back end of this Tier 3 for me. Tier 4, these, again, are some really talented names with just a little bit of uncertainty here. So uh, leading off is Chris Godwin at wide receiver 14. Following him, A.J. Brown, Cortland Sutton, Michael Pittman, Jalen Waddle, Terry McLaurin, and Jerry Judy. For Godwin, if he, if I knew he was 100% healthy, he'd be in the top 10 for me for sure. I think on a per-game basis, with once Godwin's like all the way back, he's better than Mike Evans, in my opinion, for fantasy. Because I just think he's going to see so many more catches. I know the touchdowns are usually there for Mike Evans, but for me, Godwin, who is wide receiver, seven in points per game. Uh, he could replicate those numbers, but I think you're going to have to give him a game or two to get going, even if he's on the field in, in week one. So again, I think somewhere from like, maybe like week five on, he can be, he's going to be a top 10 wide receiver. Those first few weeks, you kind of have to navigate just a bit. AJ Brown. I know he did it on low volume totals in the past, right? He's been uber efficient and over the course of his career, but Philadelphia threw the ball the fewest amount of times in the NFL. Um, and Tennessee threw the ball just 40 more just 40 more attempts for the Titans compared to the Eagles. So it's not drastic, but when you look at the wide receiver one for the Eagles last year, who was rookie Devonta Smith, he was wide receiver 37 in points per game um, of receivers that played at least double digit games. So AJ Brown, I think is, you know, he's, he's more talented than what De- Devonta Smith was his rookie season. And hopefully Jalen hurts does lean on AJ Brown, but those target numbers are going to be low. So he's going to have to be extremely efficient in a brand new offense and with other talent around him in Devonta Smith and dial Scott are, So A.J. Brown slots in here at wide receiver 15. And I think, you know, wide receiver two for fantasy. Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, both in this tier, the separated by a few spots in my rankings. With Tim Patrick no longer there, I do think that helps these guys because I think they're going to see some more targets. These are different players uh, for sure. And we've seen uh, Russ usually lean towards that downfield threat, whether that be Tyler Lockett kind of giving you that speed or the big body and DK Metcalf. Sutton definitely fits that that big body receiver. So I think Will, Russ is going to look his way a little bit more. But I think both these receivers should be top 20 guys. Uh, and I think one of them is going to make their way into the top 12. I'm just not 100% sure on which one. So I kind of dialed back the ranking to be just a little bit more conservative. Michael Pittman, we'll talk about this probably on part two of this show. But Pittman is the guy I was extremely surprised to see where his ranking is right now in the consensus. He is inside the top 10. And for me, I just maybe I just don't see the quarterback as that much of an upgrade. I know Wentz wasn't great, but I don't, is Matt Ryan a good quarterback anymore? And Indy is already a team that doesn't throw the ball a ton. So when you look at Pittman's line from last season, 88 receptions on 129 targets, just over a thousand yards and six touchdowns, that's a nice season. And that's going to be, you know, a, a solid wide receiver too. But I think for Pittman, I just don't know that I see a huge bump. You know, I think he's definitely a tier, maybe two behind Keaton Allen, which is why I have him ranked like this. Um, with a far with a with a uh with Allen having a far superior quarterback uh who's gonna throw the ball a ton more. So for me, Pittman slides in nicely here in this tier four, but I just don't see the upside that apparently others do. Jalen Waddell, again, how do you think two is gonna go? If you think two is gonna be fine, I think you could bump these guys up probably four or five more spots than where I have them ranked. If you think two is gonna be out to lunch, and way over his skis, and probably these guys should be down another five or six spots, but I have him somewhere kind of in the middle. Waddle, I love how th- the talent on this kid, we saw it last season, 10 out of his 16 games at eight or more targets, actually had seven games with 10 or more targets, but with Tyreek Hill there now, I just think those gaudy target numbers are probably uh, not there for Jalen Waddle on a week in and week out basis. Terry McLaurin, last guy in this, uh, that I'm going to talk about here in this tier, he was wide receiver 29 points per game. 1,000 yards, really nice floor. I think this guy's pretty safe. But again, you know, is this really a quarterback upgrade? Do we expect McLaurin to do a lot more? The touchdowns probably won't be as low as they were last season, but uh, I just don't know that he has that wide receiver one upside with Carson Wentz. Tier 5 is another five receivers here. We got Marquise Goodwin coming in at wide receiver 21, his former teammate Rashad Bateman at 22, Brandon Cooks at 23, Mike Williams at 24, and Darnell Mooney at 25. Hollywood Brown actually ranked ninth in targets last year with 145. He had a 23.7 target share and Baltimore threw the ball more than Arizona. So it was really strange when he went there and everyone just assumed like, wow, Hollywood's in for it now. I mean, he's going to get his looks. He's going to get, I'm not sure that's going to be the case. Plus when you factor in, yeah, nukes out for, you know, DeAndre Hopkins out for six games, but now then what happens when he comes back? How are those targets distributed after DeAndre Hopkins is back on the field? So for me, Hollywood Brown has a ton of upside because I think he's he's a talented wide receiver pair with a great young quarterback. But he didn't move to an offense that's going to throw the ball, you know, a ton more than what he saw last season. He, he already had really nice target numbers uh, in Baltimore. So I think really, if he can just replicate what he did last year, I'm good with it. Um, and again, you're going to have to play that game of what happens in the second or after that first third of the season, I guess. Rashad Bateman, I mentioned the Hollywood Brown numbers who had 145 targets. Bateman had 67 targets of his own his rookie season and was solid once he found the field. He's a wide receiver one for the Baltimore Ravens, a low-volume passing offense, but I think the kid's got a ton of talent there, and I'm pretty sh- and between him and Andrews should just be those two guys sucking up most of the looks from Lamar Jackson. Brandon Cooks, we already know. Nobody likes him. Everybody loves to hit on Brandon Cooks, but he'll finish as a wide receiver two every single year. He was 12th in targets last year, over 1,000 yards. Uh, he's about as vanilla as it gets but you should be taking advantage of the fact that other people will take other options over him uh, and they'll leave him for you at a value. Mike Evans had a stellar season, career high in catches targets yards, nine touchdowns after just seven touchdowns, the previous two seasons, Mike Williams paired with Justin Herbert, that alone puts him here at wide receiver 24 and Darnell Mooney, somebody that I've taken forever to come around on, but you just can't argue with the volume. This kid's going to get 140 targets last year. He turned that into 81 receptions and just over a 1,000 yards in his second season in the NFL. Justin Fields should be looking his kid's way. He had a great play in that first pre- preseason game, went up and uh, grabbed a uh, 20-yard reception from Fields. So he's going to get the looks. They added next to nothing there in Chicago. So Mooney should be uh, a candidate for 140, 150 targets. The quality of those targets uh, should be what we consider here. So I think when you look at cooks and Mooney, those are two similar guys. People won't think they're sexy because they're going to be on bad offenses, but they're going to see a ton of targets tier six for me. This is 26th through 29th in my rankings. These four wide receivers are Adam Thielen, DK Medcalf, Allen Robinson, and Michael Thomas. These guys are all over the board right now. If you look at consensus rankings. Uh, but for me, I, I keep feeling at the top of this tier in tier six, Just because he's a touchdown monster, I think that they'll continue to funnel the touchdowns primarily through Thielen and Justin Jefferson. And last year, Adam Thielen, his his 11 games before he got hurt, he was averaging 17.4 points per game. That's, that's That's a top 10 wide receiver. I know he's touchdown dependent, but how different are we looking at Adam Thielen compared to a Mike Evans, right? I have him ranked here almost 20 spots apart, but... Should they be? You know, he's definitely a guy that will get disrespected. I know he's old and he got injured last season, but he'll continue to be that number two wide receiver on that team. And again, what that was for le- him last year was a 22% target share uh, in addition to the double-digit touchdowns that he seems to get every single season. So Adam Thielen at 26, my rankings kicking off tier six. DK Medcalf, he had a solid season last year. It helps when you get 12 touchdowns. Seattle was already throwing the ball uh, in the bottom – Five of the NFL, they actually just had one more pass attempt than Philadelphia threw the ball the least. DK's been doing it on low target numbers. We've seen that, but are the touchdowns going to be there? I think you should consider DK Metcalf a flex at best uh, this season with their quarterback issues there. Uh, Allen Robinson has the opposite problem, right? He has a great quarterback, but is he going to get the looks? 117 targets between Robert Woods and OBJ last season. Uh, And I already mentioned the touchdown passes probably coming down for the Rams. I think if A-Rob gets you 120 targets, he could be a flex option for you, but I'm not going to bump him into that top 24. Lastly, Michael Thomas appears to be healthy. That's great. I hope he gets funneled all those looks that he used to get with Drew Brees, but the Saints only let Jameis throw the ball more than 30 times once in six starts. Do they let the reins off this kid? It's a little bit more crowded there in New Orleans than it used to be when you look at the talent of Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, Jarvis Landry. Uh, And then, of course, Alvin Kamara, who is shaping up to potentially play the entire season. So for me, Michael Thomas, I like the upside on him. I just want to see what the Saints are going to do a little bit more. Are they going to let Winston uh, throw the ball around the yard? Thomas has tons of upside, um, but there's just some quarterback question marks kind of similar to DK. Tier 7, this is wide receiver 30. uh, Four wide receivers here is Juju Smith-Schuster followed by Amari Cooper, Drake London, the rookie, first rookie in my rankings, and Amon Ross St. Brown. With Juju, he's he's the highest rated Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver for me, paired with Patrick Mahomes. He played with the first team offense in the first preseason game, so that's a good look. Uh, Sky Moore didn't play, I believe, until the second series, but don't quote me on that. Um, But I I think Juju is the most talented guy there right out of the box, should get off to a hot start. Doesn't mean he won't be overtaken there, but – it's gonna be one of these new guys. I'm not believing that Mikael Hardman, you know, who's been there forever, all of a sudden just gonna pop. I think Juju should get the opportunity first, and hopefully that'll pay off. Amari Cooper a lot dependent on Deshaun Watson, so if all of a sudden Watson's only really suspended six games, Cooper's probably going up my ranks. But for right now, I'm gonna settle him in right here at 31. The rookie Jake London, he should clearly just be the one B to Kyle Pitts. Like these guys should be funneling targets. The Atlanta Falcons should be funneling targets to these two beasts. Uh, London get did get a little bit banged up in week one of the preseason, but it doesn't sound serious. So I think you're looking for me when you look at London, a great floor for him should be that night that 94 targets that Russell Gage left behind in his 14 games. That'll put him around 115 uh, if if he just gets what Gage got last season. And I'm good with that for Drake London. He's my top rookie wide receiver. I'm in Ross St. Brown. The splits that interest me for him were well, what did he do with T.J. Hawkinson versus without T.J. Hawkinson? We know at the end of the season, amon ra was a league winner. He was an absolute beast. Obviously, Jared Goff's uh, production followed that as well, as they had a really nice end to the season. But when you look at amon ra his rookie season, first 12 games with TJ Hogginson, he averaged four receptions on just over five targets a game, 37 yards, and, and had just the one touchdown, averaging 8.4 points per game. Again, four receptions, 37 yards, 8.4 points per game. The last five games without Hawkinson on the field, the reception average came up from four per game to over eight. The targets went from just above five up to 11, and the yardage jumped from 37 yards per game to 95 yards. He also had four touchdowns over the... Amin Ra's not going to produce those the, that points per game that we saw that last little more than a month. But with Hawkinson on the field... Somewhere in between there probably is about what you could expect from Amon Ross St. Brown. And don't forget, they added DJ Chark this offseason. So I think there's a few more names there for competition for St. Brown. And I think he can just be a a, a solid flex you know, with some upside there if they actually do funnel him with that 11 targets a game. Uh, If he can get you that nine targets a game, that'd be great. Tier 8, this is where these tiers get a little bit longer. I won't dive into as much detail on all of these guys. Uh, We'll talk about late round targets and things like that on the part two of this episode. But tier eight uh, is about 10 guys or so. You have Hunter Renfro, Elijah Moore, Robert Woods, of course, of the Tennessee Titans now this year. Gabe Davis, I'm sure that's a name that a lot of you are waiting to show up. He comes in at 37 in my rankings. Chase Claypool, Devonta Smith, Brandon Ayuk comes in at 40, Tyler Lockett at 41, Alan Lazard at 42. And then the six games suspended, DeAndre Hopkins comes in at 43. Going to highlight just a few players here. Hunter Renfro, uh, he averaged just under 13 points per game in the first seven games when Henry Ruggs was still on the field. But then the final 10 games without Ruggs, he averaged just under 17 points per game. Pretty big bump. And he had just the one touchdown those first seven games and had seven touchdowns uh, after that. So the numbers were great for Renfro. But I think clearly when you look at it, Devontae Adams should take those touchdown numbers. Darren Waller was banged up through that period as well. Renfro plays third fiddle easy to those two guys. So when you look at cars, not cars numbers, he needs those past attempts to stay high. And if you're banking on Renfro and PPR leagues, I I would say low end flex, just because he could produce at a higher end flex. But I just think his upside's not there. So I'd rather have a guy like an Amin Ra or or, or Drake London, right, or even Juju. Uh, Gabe Davis, I mentioned him. He comes in at 37. He's much higher in a lot of other people's rankings. I know he had that great playoff game, but he only had more than 45 yards twice last season. He's never, he had 63 yards each of the past two years. And when you look at the 184 targets left behind by Cole Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders, McKenzie's still getting the hype. They added Jameson Crowder. I don't think that everything just slides over to Gabe Davis in this offense. It is one, It is a great offense. It's the ball throws the ball. They throw the ball a ton, but I'm just not, I don't know that I think that Gabe Davis has the upside that everybody else does. I'd rather take a shot on some of these other players that uh, I just think have a little bit their The talent level is different. I think Gabe Davis is just a guy and maybe I'm wrong, but I'm not taking a shot on him where he's going in ADP. He'll probably be, he'll probably be on my avoid list uh, when we talk about these receivers on uh, the show later in the week on part two, Devonta Smith. I know he had a really solid rookie season. He had 104 targets. No other receiver on the Eagles had more than 62. Well, now with AJ Brown in town, Devonta Smith is the, no other receiver part. I, I hope they can still get him 80. That'd be great, but I just don't see them all of a sudden throwing the ball enough that they are able to produce uh you know three really good options through the passing game. So for me, Devonta Smith is somebody that you're just you're taking um, and playing, you know, he's kind of a bi-week filler sitting here in uh tier eight. Um the last thing here again, DeAndre Hopkins. This guy can go up or down in your rankings depending on how you deal with that suspension. If you have somebody that you feel can, you you know, you feel really confident about your team and you think you're not going to need to leverage your depth yet uh, early on in the season, then you can take a shot on Hopkins. And I think he's somebody that, you know, we've seen with Kyler Murray is going to produce at a, you know, a top 20 wide receiver range, even with, even with Hollywood Brown there. Um, But there's still that question mark because we haven't seen it. And of course, he's eating up a bench spot for you for those six games. Tier nine, this is wide receiver 44 through 51. In my rankings, I have Christian Kirk, Garrett Wilson, and Traylon Burks, the rookies, Russell Gage out there in Tampa Bay now, Jarvis Landry, now in New Orleans, DJ Chark, now in uh, Detroit, and then Robbie Anderson and Tyler Boyd. The two rookies here are dealing with their own issues based off of, uh, for Wilson, the fact that his QB is already banged up um, and is unproven, of course, but with Wilson, obviously, high draft capital it's going to be interesting to see how quick he gets some work, but he has a great running mate in Elijah Moore, who, again, I have ranked about 10 spots higher. For Traylon Burks, he's been struggling. Hasn't got those first-team reps yet that we like to see out of a high-draft pick uh, wideout. So I think there is opportunity there, but Tennessee is obviously a team that's going to leverage the run game. Uh, so I think when you're taking Burks there, his value on draft day should fit the fact that this isn't somebody you're depending on right away. You're looking for that high-upside play, and that is Traylon Burks coming in at wider receiver 46 Robbie Anderson and Tyler Boyd are both these, like in my opinion, proven flex options that are on uh, on offenses that continue to get them the ball about ninety to hundred targets um, for these two players. And so I think these are two guys that are kind of getting forgotten when you look at some of the guys that maybe uh, again have a little bit more name. That Sexton is like those rookies; they probably get drafted behind them um, in a lot of spaces. But I think these are two veteran guys that don't have a ton of upside based off of for Anderson his t- his quarterback and for Boyd the players ahead of him, but I think there's two guys that are kind of getting forgotten right now when I'm doing some mock drafts. My last tier, this is 52 through 60. Um, this is a mixture of uh, uh, guys that, you know, we've, we've seen, we've been waiting on to produce uh, and a few young players in here as well. So at number 52, I have Nico Collins. I think there's going to be plenty of targets to go around there because I just think there's a lot of beside behind Brandon cooks, there's a lot of question marks. We saw a little flashes from Collins last season and with Mills hopefully taking a little bit of a step, I think he could be an interesting deep league flex play. Uh, I have Jacoby Myers, uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Michael Gallup, Chris Alave, Devontae Parker, Paris Campbell, Kenny Galladay, and at number 60, uh, I have K.J. Osborne. When you look at some of these players, a couple of guys I want to highlight, I think Michael Gallup jumps out. Unlike you know DeAndre Hopkins, as an example, you know you're without him for six weeks. With Michael Gallup, if you said he's only out six weeks, you know that's not great, but at least you would know. We're not going to know because the dude's working his way back from injury. So when you look at Gallup, when he's on the field, he should be a top 30 30-ish wide receiver in that offense. He should get plenty of opportunity. He's shown to be productive, but the injury is definitely tough to battle back from there. And with the uncertainty of the timetable for return, for right now, he's going to be outside the top 50 for me. Uh, Rookie Chris Alave, he is the third-ranked Saints wide receiver. Uh, I think that when you look at uh, what they should be able to do there in New Orleans in that offense, they have a ton of talent, like I mentioned with Michael Thomas, but what do they do with Jameis Winston? Do they let him throw the ball enough? Uh, Alave is, if he is taken as the, I believe I have him here as the fourth rookie receiver coming off the board, uh, I think there's a ton of upside there if his price tag is cheap, but I just don't know that I'm going to be taking him any higher on draft day. And Paris Campbell is another guy I want to highlight here the pass attempts won't be high. I mentioned that with with Michael Pittman. and Campbell is somebody that's extremely frustrating because he's been injured over the course of his career. but he is he is playing this as that wide receiver two role for the Colts. Uh, and when he's been on the field we've seen you know we've seen it. the problem is the dude just got to stay healthy at wide receiver fifty nine I'm not trying to convince you here that this guy's gonna be a difference maker, but he's just a guy I wanted to highlight here in my rankings. All right, there you have it. There are 60 wide receivers. There are more names I did not get to that I think are draft uh, are, are draft worthy, but cover a uh, highlight some of those guys here on part two when we talk about those late, deep-cut wide receivers that are worth taking on draft day. So there you have it. There's the tiers, 10 tiers, 60 wide receivers uh, in just over 30 minutes. That's what we do here on the SmackDown, so keeping it quick for you. Part two will be out later this week. Again, going to be talking strategy a little bit more in-depth Tuck in the wide receivers I'm looking to target, looking to avoid those mid and late round options there and a few super deep league options as well. So if you missed any of the other episodes so far here on the SmackDown, go check those out. And if you haven't been listening to everything on the Warzone feed, be sure to do that uh, as we continue to drop great content almost every single day here on the Dynasty Warzone network. So appreciate you guys. Thanks for listening as always. Rate and review if you like what you hear and give me a follow on Twitter at Month 8 Until next time, I'll catch you later.